Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Putin's forces are making notable gains. Ukrainian soldiers forced to withdraw from the town of Avdivka after a month-long struggle and unknown numbers of fighters captured and staggering casualties. As this war is about to enter its third year with tens of thousands of deaths, a Ukrainian soldier told me despite the losses, they are all still ready to fight to the death to defeat Russia. So they had one of their biggest losses of the war over the weekend, losing a big town. And um, I had read that maybe 100 soldiers were killed or captured, not 800 to 1,000, they think, were surrounded and either what? captured oh. or killed. Yeah, it's brutal. And um, here's a little more from Jennifer Griffin of Fox. We need the supplemental immediately. And we've been saying that and sounding these alarm bells since October. Um, and so we're going to continue to urge Congress to do its job. The Pentagon again urging the House to act. Republicans who support more U.S. military aid to Ukraine are now making an America first argument for sending ammunition and weapons. Their analysis shows 90% of the money already given to Ukraine stayed in the U.S., supporting American workers, modernizing an atrophied U.S. defense manufacturing base. It's not a jobs program, but we need to have a strong defense industrial base in order to protect America. So this is a lead into a Pew poll that came out the other day that showed a lot more support for aid to Ukraine than you might take through the mainstream media. Also, Joe Biden is making some hay on making it seem like the Republican Party is pro-Putin and anti-Ukraine and trying to paint the whole Republican Party that way when this poll would show that that's not the case at all. So the question in the polling was, um, well, majorities. the headline is, majorities of Americans see current global conflicts as important to U.S. interests. Is this in the U.S. national interest aiding Ukraine in the war between Russia and Ukraine? 74% 
say very or somewhat. Very is 43%, somewhat is 30 for a total of 74. And then when you break it down by party, because you know how a lot of modern issues are, uh, one party is way in favor and one party is way against, and then you average it out, and it really doesn't tell you anything. Um, but in this one, it's pretty close to the, the, the to parity. 81% of Democrats are for aiding Ukraine, but 69% are Republicans. So Joe Biden being able to paint the Republican Party as pro-Putin when 70% of Republicans say it's in the country's interest to aid Ukraine is obviously false, but it helps him politically. Boy, that small minority of Republicans we're talking about sure has an outsized presence on social media. Yeah, I would say. I would say so. Twitter is not America. Yeah, and and, and everybody needs to learn. Uh, social media is not America, and everybody's got to learn that lesson uh, on both sides of the aisle because it's easy to get misled. I, I was surprised that 70% of Republicans believe it's in the U.S. Ish- interest to support Ukraine against Russia. Um, support could vary, obviously, what you mean by that, but sure. it's, mm-hmm. it's certainly a long way from uh, Putin is a good guy. We're on the wrong side of this. And it's probably worth chucking in just for the benefit of new listeners. Uh, Never on this show will you hear, it's a good policy, therefore nobody should ever question it. Au contraire. All policies ought to be questioned vigorously, rigorously, and, and then decisions made. We happen to believe that if you allow the forces of chaos to take over the globe, we're all going to suffer like crazy. But back to the poll. By the way, it's a younger crowd that brings those numbers down from being very high. 65-plus crowd, it's 90% of Americans over 65 believe it's in the U.S. interest to support Ukraine. I'm in that crowd, not age-wise, but in support-wise. Uh, 83% 50 to 64-year-olds. It drops way down, but still... Even for your 18 to 29-year-olds, with the least life experience, it's two-thirds of Americans. That's the low number. Yeah. That's the lowest group. That's the lowest group is 64%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I've got to admit, I allowed myself to get a little misled. Yeah. Because of the vehemence of a lot of the young, energized right on this topic. So, how did Navalny die? Here's the latest. Hey, just one more point really quickly, sure. and I, I made this at length early in the show, but uh, in the same way that I, as the product of an intact, loving, supportive uh, two-parent household, I can try as hard as I can to fully realize how lucky I am and how beneficial that was, but I can't because it's the only thing I've ever known. In the same way that younger people in particular um, who've grown up with a stable world. And yes, there have been conflicts. Of course, there's been you know hiccups here and there. But compared to the sort of global upheaval that's characterized other eras, all you've ever known is stability. And you take it for granted the way I took it for granted that when I woke up in the morning, my parents would be there and they love me. You don't understand that our entire standard of living, our way of life, is based on the fact that the world is stable enough to conduct trade, to have a roaring economy, to, to sail the oceans blue, etc. We, uh, we allow a new age of conquest in Europe, in, in Asia. It's already happening in Africa. Um, it will have devastating effects. If you don't trust me on that, read more. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We did get a couple of texts about that. Well, let me, since we are on this topic earlier, let me read you the text. Jack does not do a great job of arguing why America should borrow money to supply Ukraine. I think you just laid it out. World stability, well, and, world order. So much of our and prosperity. And the whole borrow money thing is, come on, be fair. I, we, Yes, we're spending more than we take in, which is absolutely obscene. We rail about that every day. But you've you've chosen one particular very small expenditure among thousands of gigantic expenditures. Stop it! You want to you want to hear my list of what to cut? I'd be happy to give it to you, but come on. And Joe already said it. If the age of conquest begins again, and big countries get to take little countries, and shipping lanes get to get closed off in various parts around the world, that's going to cost us way way more than the tens of billions of dollars we're sending to Ukraine. Uh, I've got this one. My feelings on Ukraine. Yes, I want to support Ukraine, Ukraine, but the idea of supporting a lesser army with money forever is ridiculous. Um, he does make the argument. I assumed it was a he. I suppose it could be a she. That we should have, if we were going to support them, supported them more from the very beginning so they actually could have won the war and pushed them out. Well, you got my agreement on that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm glad you brought the other point up because I've heard this a bunch and we haven't really addressed it lately. Um, and, and again, around here, we don't pretend like there's only one obvious answer. This stuff, history is messy as it unfolds. It's only in retrospect in books that it seems like it was clear what was going to happen. And only a fool wouldn't have recognized it. This stuff is messy. People are saying, because Ukraine can't win, we should cut the funding because it's a waste of time, money, and lives. Well, I would say it's up to the Ukrainians uh, whether it's a waste of lives or not. And they're in the 90s, the 90-plus percentile, let's keep fighting. So that settles that to me. If you would agree, even for the sake of the argument, that the idea is we can't usher in a new age of conquest in which autocratic leaders, totalitarians, just decide, I want that country and snatch it up because of that, what that would do. Well, then, if we, the civilized world, the West, just makes it so incredibly expensive per, for Putin to realize his evil expansionist goals... Ukraine doesn't have to quote-unquote win. I would like for them to. I would like that very much. I'm rooting for it. I'm not optimistic in the least. But yes, raising Putin's price to the point that it is unacceptable to him is a goal. That's a victory. Yeah, if you are okay with Ukraine falling, you have to make the argument that you're certain that Putin won't then try to take another one of those countries on his border to try to reconstitute the Soviet Union, which he considers the greatest calamity in world history, the Soviet Union collapsing. Um, you have to believe 100% that he won't take another one of those countries, that he doesn't think, wow, America doesn't have the stomach for this. I can take other countries. They're not going to honor, honor Article 5. You have to believe that, because otherwise it's going to be way more expensive. We might actually have troops on the ground if a NATO country gets in. Uh, Invaded, right? So, we'll see. Um, so, how did Alexei Navalny die? I assumed he was poisoned. Or, you know, he could have had a heart attack. He's been poisoned numerous times. He's being starved. He's being worked. Denied medical care. Right. Right. There was a story that came out that somebody saw his body and it had all kinds of bruises on it. And then I thought, of crap, they tortured him. 
But then somebody pointed out that those bruises were consistent with resuscitation. Trying to bring somebody back around, get their heart going again, if you have a heart attack. So sometimes the, the paramedics say that, that you get those kind of bruises. But then this guy came out today. Uh, this is interesting. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny may have been killed with a single punch to the heart. A hallmark of the KGB, according to a human rights activist claiming to have insider intel. The Kremlin's fiercest critic was found with bruising on his head and chest consistent with the one-punch technique, says Vladimir Oshkin, founder of the human rights group something or other, told the Times of London that this is an old method of the KGB Special Forces Divisions. They trained their operatives to kill a man with one punch in the heart and the center of the body. It was a hallmark of the KGB. In preparation for the failed strike, Navalny had been kept outdoors for more than two hours in the sub-zero temperatures to weaken his body cited the unidentified source working at the prison. I think they first destroyed his body by keeping him out in the cold for a long time, slowing his blood circulation. Then it became very easy for to kill him within seconds if the operator has experience in the KGB one-punch technique. Does that sound like crap to you, or do you think that... I'm calling bull borscht on that. All right. Sorry. So what do you think happened to him? I'm also on team it's irrelevant. Oh, doesn't matter. Of course it's irrelevant. Of course it's irrelevant, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I'm not even curious about it. It's it's a distraction. Because if you say, yep, it looks like they poisoned him, and then Putin can introduce evidence that, no, we didn't poison him. What have we gotten? We've given Putin a chance to obfuscate, to You're right. to, uh, to cover up the, the point, which is they killed Navalny. You're right. It's a distraction, and it weakens the reality that Putin killed his number one opponent. Yeah, yeah. Let's not get hung up on the particulars. How much hay is Navalny's wife able to make? Uh, Putin's trying to crack down on any of the uh, commemorations, flowers, marches, any of that sort of stuff, arresting people, beating people in the streets. You want the answer from my head or my heart? Your head. It won't make any difference. You don't think she's going to be able to draw some large crowds somewhere? Mm, she might, but it won't matter. Putin's control over the uh, entire country and the their security apparatus is too strong. Won't matter. Mm. Well, that's and, nice. and well, yeah. Just is it? It is what it is. Um, Why do people like Putin live so long? How come he doesn't get cancer? I had cancer. How come he doesn't get cancer? How come he doesn't have a heart attack? I got a friend who fell about roughly Putin's age. Fell, hit his head, and died. Perfectly nice guy. One of the nicest guys I've ever known. Why doesn't that ever yeah. happen to evil dictators? Well, he stayed in shape. Uh, he's quite the hockey player. Have you seen him uh, playing hockey? He often scores six or eight goals against young professionals. Russell's Bears in his jeans with no shirt. Right, right. Boy, if I had tried that, there'd be serious uh, muffin top going on there. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> the bear would just point and laugh. <laughs> the bear would be like, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> okay, this is ridiculous. More on the way. Armstrong and Getty. <sighs> Dang it, I wish there was a way to, for me to, for human beings to get past all the safety precautions on everything that is tech. I don't need nine-step verification on every device to print out two paragraphs about the Civil War for my kid's school project. Do 
do we have to go through all the passwords and everything involved to do this? Does it what if the to... Russian mob learns about Stonewall does it, Jackson? Does it huh? have to be this way? Why does it have to be this way? What if the Chinese hackers knew you were interested in Antietam? What then? God, I was trying to pay a bill yesterday. It was $7.54. Oh, boy. To pay a $7.54 bill. And just for some reason, their website, which is the only way you can pay it, and they have no human beings because it's cheaper to do it this way, does not accept the account number you gave. And there's no way to... I was on the phone for like 45 minutes thinking about what I make an hour and how much time I'm spending on trying to pay a $7.54 bill. Good Lord, there's got to be a better way. Well, there was years ago before computers. There ought to be some sort of irony tax that you could apply to that business. Well, I paid my seven fifty four, but unfortunately, you owe me five hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs> right. Thanks to the uh, Armstrong and Getty Act irony tax. Good Lord! Yeah, that's frustrating. So earlier, I declared that uh, no, Walgreens is not trying to chip you. It's not the mark of the beast connected to the COVID vaccine. Uh, but do not paint me some sort of uh, administration COVID loyalist. I think Dr. Fauci ought to be in jail. I would like to hear a giant, you know, festival of reckoning where we all understand exactly the excesses and unconstitutional this, that, and the other that went on during COVID, including this. And and uh, 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 Michael Schellenberger, is that his first name? Yeah, Michael Schellenberger and uh, Matt Taibbi are doing excellent work on censorship during the era of COVID and beyond, particularly the Biden administration. Here's another example. The Biden administration pressured Amazon to censor books related to COVID-19, especially vaccines, in early 2021, citing concerns that the material contained misinformation and disinformation and propaganda. Uh, said a former White House senior advisor for COVID-19 response, quote, who can we talk to about the highest levels of propaganda and misinformation, disinformation on Amazon? If you search for vaccine under books, I see what comes up, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then he says, um, well, uh, Amazon officials initially balked at performing a manual intervention to go into their computers and remove certain book titles from appearing, manipulating your search results, saying that would be too visible and, and people notice and that'll lead to further scrutiny. Uh, we'll not be doing in manual interaction to, or intervention today. The team and PR feels very strongly that it's too much, it's too visible, and it won't fix the problem anyway. But they finally backed down. The Biden administration bullied a private company into censoring. Not good. Much more to come. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. He's declined, and there's no question about it, but he was always sort of semi-declined. If you go back 25 years, <laughs> no, but he was not one of the smarter people. He's tried to be president many times, four times at least that they know of. And all of a sudden, when he's most diminished, this is when he hit, and he, he did it. I felt diminished or declined in any, any way. I think I'd know it, and I think I'd say, I'm not running. Somebody should talk to him. That's Trump in a town hall with Laura Ingram on Fox last night, getting into the age of the president. That, it's not even a conversation worth having. If 90% no. of Americans think Biden's too old to be president, that uh, that ship has left the train station. <laughs> Yeah. How much time and energy are you going to spend convincing that last 10%? They obviously can't be reached. Hey, just to finish up the story we were doing before the uh, the break. Uh, so the White House was pressuring the hell out of Amazon in 2021 to somehow suppress search results for books about the vaccine if they were critical about the vaccine. If they claimed, for instance, that the vaccine didn't give you lasting immunity any better than natural immunity Mm. did, or making such wild claims as you can still get it and you can still spread it, but the vaccine will keep you from getting a more severe case. So, in other words, lots of stuff that was telling the truth, aggressively pressuring Amazon. And Amazon resisted for a while, for a little while, but eventually the, the pressure apparently worked as the company put, quote, anti-vax books under a do not promote order the same day Amazon officials met with the White House. And so once again, you see the Biden administration, as they did with Facebook, as they did with Twitter, as they did with a number of organizations, farming out completely unconstitutional censorship to private organizations, which is nasty. Mm. So, you know, someday there will be a definitive, great book written about the COVID era. 
And most of America will never crack it. No, and it'll be long after it matters because we have this weird thing as human beings. So if this great book is written a generation from now, 20 years from now, um, the new generation will think, man, that's crazy that that happened, even if they read it and believe it. But that couldn't happen now. That that's that's the weird human nature thing. Is it? But that's crazy that that happened in the early twentieth century. But that couldn't happen now. Yeah, exactly. And and even more significantly, perhaps, is that when something does, you know, when the bat fever hits the fan, and people are talking about shutting down the economy and keeping kids out of school and all the other utterly unnecessary and unconstitutional things that were done during COVID. Uh, everybody will go, well, That this is different this time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those enduring principles that we should, should never casually put aside, they don't count this time. Oh, well, humans, what are you going to do? Humans, what are you going to do? Um, Bill Malusian is at the border for Fox, and we check in with him practically every day to hear something like this. India, where are you from? China. China, where are you from? India. India. China. China. Georgia. 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 Where are you from? India. India. China. China. Ma'am, where are you from? China. 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 Yeah. China. Yeah. China. 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 Yes. China. Yes. China. Georgia. Georgia. China. 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 I'm amazed by that every time. And he does it a couple of times a day. And every time I'm amazed that this isn't being dealt with. That we that the president who has the power to shut this down hasn't done it yet. It's just incredible. So I, I I'm sure most of those Chinese people are just decent people have found a way to escape one of the hell holes on earth and come to the United States. Mm-hmm. But uh, they are coming from our number one geopolitical foe on planet Earth. China. And we get to decide how many people from where come into our country and we should know who they are and where they're going. And that there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with doing that. And we aren't. It's time for the Tony Award winning Joe Getty's Historical Theater. Today in a remarkably low production effort, a very low budget effort. <clears throat> the year 1979. The scene... The border. Where are you from? Soviet Union. You? Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Soviet Union. East Germany. East Germany. Soviet Union. Come on in. Just every go. Just come on in. I don't even need to know your names. Thanks. 1939. Where are you from? Germany. 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 Heil Hitler. Germany. Germany. Come on in. Make yourselves welcome. Don't worry about the paperwork. No country could be this stupid. I, this is not happening. This is all a terrible dream. I overindulged last night or I got the clap and it's gone to my brain or something. I don't know. It's good. This is a dream. No country could be this dumb. So you won a Tony for that. So that means it's a play and or musical. It was a down year in the theater, honestly. It was during gonna, COVID. It was during COVID yeah. when Broadway was shut down. You wrote it and performed it. Yeah. It's a, it's it was a, the year that Spider-Man turn on the night thing happened. It's just, you know. <laughs> but I was there. What are you going to do? And the Tony was for best lighting. So. <laughs> 
Um, one more Best thing. lighting. So we were talking about the Boeing plane flew out of San Francisco, headed for Boston, and the wings started falling apart. That's a good story. Uh, Boeing's got to be hating that. And uh, passengers noticed it and uh, said to the air waitress, yeah, could I get the full can of Coke? Oh, and the wings falling apart? Is that supposed to happen? <laughs> and then she went and told the pilot. Pilot comes back, looks out the window. Hmm. How are you folks doing? <laughs> you, are you having a good flight? Good. Do you mind if I look out your window? Thank you. Yeah, that's something. And then he goes and makes an announcement about an unscheduled stop in Denver, which they did. Because the wing was disintegrating. Anyway, we got this text. The plane was a 30-year-old 757. Boeing should be praised for the fact that their plane flew safely for so long. It likely flew hundreds of thousands of miles over the course of its life, including countless flights over an entire ocean. But yeah, Boeing sucks, right? This is not a Boeing issue. Is it Toyota's fault when a 1994 Tacoma breaks down or rusts a little bit? Okay. Agreed, friend. Thank you for countering Jack's slanders of a great American corporation. Wow, are you irresponsible. So who do we blame? The maintenance or? Yeah, I guess. Do, who course, maintains them? Everybody's do, fine. Do everybody's the airlines? Great. You fly a plane until the wings start to disintegrate. Then you land in Denver. That's everybody's fine. That's the way I do Denver's cars. a nice place. Yeah. That's the way I do cars. I drive them until they more or less won't drive anymore. It'd be cost more than what the car's value to fix. So that's what they do with their planes. Yeah, yeah. They totaled the plane because the wing started to The wing is falling apart, so let's go ahead and scrap this one. You know, some people just, all they can do is complain. You know, the glass can be 98% full and they're griping about that 2%. The wing is falling apart. Is the plane in the air still? Yes, it is. Boo-hoo. How about we just enjoy the miracle of flight? And, right. and not make perfect be the enemy of good enough. Exactly. Let's take a look at all the parts of the plane that aren't crumbling as we fly. <laughs> there are several. <laughs> yes, you're a glass is half empty, <laughs> wing is half off person. Wing, one wing is completely fine. <laughs> the one is completely intact. Exactly. Half the wings are excellent. Come on, you need, have a positive attitude. You can We do need it. to work on the plane. You need to work on your attitude, sir. Now sit down. That's what would happen on Joe Air. Are you a winner or a victim? That's what I'm asking you. You going to play the blame game here? Are you going to enjoy your flight to Boston? Well, Denver now. But this is going to happen if you've ever been on a flight where they tell you to put down the shades on one side. Oh, with the sun there on the left side of the plane, could you put those shades down? I know in the future they're telling me to put the shades down because the engines are falling off or something like that. And they don't want me to see it or take a picture or make a YouTube video. Wow. Guy had his camera out and got lots of video of it. It was on the news last night. That's another thing that happens now that didn't happen in the past is you wouldn't have had photographic evidence immediately. Of chunks of the of the wing coming off, folks on the left. If you could uh, close your windows, and if anybody happens to look out and sees me parachuting, don't let that uh, disturb you or ruin the flight. We thank you for choosing you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, we will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox, 
you can't go around it. So you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If he does not have funds uh, to pay off the judgment, uh, then we will seek, uh, you know, judgment enforcement mechanisms in court. And we will ask the judge to seize his assets. That's uh, Letitia James, who uh, prosecuted this whole weird New York law thing to take all of Trump's money and uh, kick him out of doing business in New York, saying on ABC last night that she'll ask the judge to seize some of his properties if he can't come up with the money. You want to talk about a political earthquake. Hey, Letitia, I assume you don't want Trump to be president. You want me to help you guarantee he's president? Take Trump Tower away from him and see how that flies politically. Good Lord. This is not good. This is awful. I hope there are judges, appeals courts, whatever, that are going to call a big, loud woe on this and say we can't have this. And I don't care how much you hate Trump. This is, for reasons we've described, just an egregious political hit. Yeah, I agree. That That would just be explosive. How weird is it that her name is practically litigious? Has anybody <laughs> called her that? Try to litigious picture, James. Try to picture Trump Tower with his big giant name in gold on it, or Mar-a-Lago, or whatever they decide to seize, and 
video of uh, uh, it has to be state people. Who would it be? But authorities showing up with bolt cutters and putting chains around things and taking down the Trump sign and all this. Oh, my God. (laughs) The politics of that. Holy crap. Yeah, especially especially given the particulars of this case, which, again, we don't need to go over again, but a a seldom cited law enforcement in a way it's never been forced before against the leading candidate of, of one of the parties. It's just unbelievable. Meanwhile, on the other side of the aisle, 28, Michael. President Biden shrugged off his Republican rivals before jetting off to California for a series of fundraisers. Democratic California Governor Gavin Newsom says he's glad the 81-year-old incumbent is still top of the ticket. I hope to be invited uh, to his inaugurals. Newsom's praise comes as the Biden campaign touts new fundraising totals, showing last month alone it raised $42 million. The president's war chest totaling $130 million cash on hand. It's the best that we've seen in this quarter ever. But surveys show voters aren't as enthusiastic. A new Monmouth poll has the president's job approval rating at near record lows, 38 percent. And a majority of Americans, 69 percent, believe the country is heading in the wrong direction. All of that true, but it it dawns on me. The show's almost over. You know who we don't hear from enough in in America is idiots. I mean, real jackasses. Let's hear from a jackass. 29, Michael. These extremists are trying to take us backwards, but we're not having that. What a moron. Uh, That was Kamala Harris, I assume? Yes, it was. <laughs> I feel like last week with the Navalny death and her being kind of the spokesman for the White House for several days on that, are, are is that an attempt to, like, have her ready to run? Or I, I think that's a residual effect. The main priority is to hide Joe Biden. With the added oh, benefit right, of, right, hey, right, right. you know what? This will get Kamala out there. Maybe she can convince people that she's not a complete moron. There was a lot of talk this first term before it happened that, hey, you're voting for Kamala because he won't last the term. But he did. But he's mm-hmm. not. Well, so did far, he? So far, he is. Mm-hmm, but thank he's, you. if he got elected, if he makes it to the finish line and gets elected, he's not going to last the second term. I mean, that that is that is not even a... Come on. I mean, now you're getting into crazy territory to even think that's a possibility. Oh, you'd, you'd have to search for weeks to find somebody who'd even take that bet. Right. Huh. What a weird time. It's just everything's so weird. But everything gets upended so quickly. Um, he has a stumble and a fall. Doctor talks to him. Whatever happens. He comes to the microphone one day on the advice of my wife and doctor. I've decided not to seek re-election. Uh, I... Appreciate my opportunity. Blah, 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 that speech. Immediately, we're into such a different territory. Somebody else is going to be the nominee. Trump's running against somebody else. Everything is so different all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, if that happens, I think when that happens. Um, everything everything has to be recalculated. Who's running against Trump? Is it like a kind of moderate, sensible, smart, younger person that a lot of people that were going to lean in Trump think, oh, okay, I'll choose this person over Trump. I don't. I don't have any idea. I think there's a good chance of it. Uh, Peggy Noonan, who's a Republican, wrote a great piece, I thought, for the Wall Street Journal the other day, saying every objection you have about, well, that would lead to chaos or 
that would hurt our chances, or it's not been done, or what if he says no? All of those things are easily answerable in a reasonable fashion, and yes, it would be a hell of a deal, but you're in a hell of a deal. This is a hell of a hell of a deal. You're running an old man who everybody agrees can't do the job. Yeah. What, what, what situation is worse than this? the best one of those we have that is fantastic that's like top shelf hit record quality that thing that is really good it's excellent here's your host for final thoughts joe getty hey let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day michelangelo our technical director lead us off michael yeah i've been eating mixed nuts for blood sugar control it's a mix of let's see almonds macadamia nuts and cashews and pecans but um i'm full of pecans today and i don't like them and yesterday there was very few of them so it just shows you that just when you think you have things figured out, life throws you a curve. <laughs> <laughs> life chucks a pecan at your head. Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? Uh, my final thought is that I've never heard such a deep message given out <laughs> using a, a nut analogy. That was beautiful, That's one Michael. Of your, yeah, more significant uh, pecan-related screeds. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us. So today is my birthday, and I... I, I, I've never cared less about my birthday than today. I didn't even remember it until I, like, grabbed the newspaper today and saw the date on it. I thought, oh, wow, it's my birthday. And I can't figure out if that's, like, a sign of maturity and wisdom that it means so little to me or if I'm, like, depressed and have lost the capacity for joy. I don't know which it is. Or maybe it's that you eat so much pie, having, say, a pie for your birthday, just it's meaningless. I don't know. It's like having access to our beloved holiday specials 12 months a year now. It ruined them. Could be. For what it's worth, Jack, I don't care either. (laughs) (laughs) That it's his birthday? Hilarious. (laughs) Happy birthday from the entire Armstrong and Getty family to Jack. Like, it means nothing to me. Is that, again, wisdom and a maturity or deep depression? (laughs) I don't know. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Maybe it's like the 75th time you've been to the Grand Canyon. It's still Uh, amazing, but kind of less so. Maybe that's it. See you tomorrow. God bless America. I'm strong and getty. I tell you what. Overall, cheerful and uplifting. Which is kind of cool. I really like that. Explain. Whoa. Whoa. Aw. Aw. Whoa. Come on. Oh, yeah. What? This is not a game. It's true. Absolutely. Yeah, I just happened to be in a three-way yesterday with my wife and my daughter. I've learned a lot just from this exchange. Absolutely. What do you expect? That's right. On that high note? Hasta la vista. (laughs) Baby. Thank you. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 